Hello and welcome to Unhelpful Media. My name is Gladfly. And I'm Cinna. And welcome to another wonderful episode of Unhelpful Cast. We are glad to finally be back after a long ass hiatus. Uh, how you doing, Cinna? I'm good. I finally watched another show That's... that you have also seen <laughs> that we can talk about. So that would be good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, just wanted to get up. If anyone wants to call, uh, contact us and give us uh, some recommendations as well as some questions, we would really appreciate that. You know, we do this for fun and uh, let, getting love out there would be nice and it'd be affirming. And we probably mean we'll keep doing more of these. So uh, give us your love and we'd love to hear from you guys. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Or at least like one person if they want to send us questions. Give us your ask. love. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we talking about today, uh, Trevor? We're talking about Roka no Yusha, Braves of the Six Flowers, something you described as Agatha Christie the anime. Oh, yeah. I did say that in my review. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Did a little three minute. <laughs> I probably mm-hmm. like any. It's well, more. That's I mean, it's pretty fair. I mean, there are a lot. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I've never seen an anime do agatha christie before so i'd say it's pretty (laughs) not that i've seen all the anime there is all right before before we go any further let us first say that rokunu yusha is primarily a mystery anime um despite what the first three episodes are show and uh, it's very important that uh if you haven't seen it that you shut off this podcast right now that'll be the only time i ever say that but very seriously, um, spoiling this show essentially makes it not worthless to see. I still recommend it, but like, it makes it a whole heck of a lot less enjoyable. So again, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler warning. Turn off the podcast. Don't go any further. We're going to talk in depth about Roka no Yusha, and we are going to reveal exactly who is the seventh brave. So please keep that warning to heart. <laughs> All right, now that that's out of the way, it's the it's the least obvious one. I think I think it turns out to be the least obvious one. Like just about like a good Agatha Christie, you know. Yeah, I mean, for me, I really liked how they played on existing tropes. Like she is best girl to some extent. Like uh-huh. they make best girl like the villain to some extent. And it's funny too because I knew it was her when they when like the secondary girl like actually started a relationship with the main character oh like, yeah I was, I was like that is not happened see <laughs> that's tropes yeah no that's... i was like mm-hmm. the show gave it a, the show didn't give away the person by i mean it gave you the inf- i love that's the best thing about this anime is it gave you the information to figure it out on your own but i didn't figure it out from like the clues i figured it out from like anime tropes yeah I was like, oh that like that can't happen if there's like two girls the other one's got to be dead <laughs> yeah that's that's kind of what i want to talk about too is the tropes is that's why it's fun we should probably give uh more of an expert well i guess yeah if you've seen it if you're listening to this point but um so just even with the genre we could probably talk about too because it starts out as an action adventure um typical well um i guess kind of typical um chosen heroes defeat the mm-hmm. mighty evil mm-hmm. thing in the land beyond um and then it turns into a locked room murder mystery when there turn out to be seven of them. And mm-hmm. um, so, 
of the six flowers, so it's the whole part of the prophecies. There must be six of them, mm-hmm. and it's who is the chosen of the six, and there's whole things about, you know, some of the ones have been dying off, and so thus there must be six, and then seven show up, and they it creates, and they get locked into a, in, like, to a secure location, and they can't leave until they figure out who the seventh is, which makes them all question each other, and, you know, it can be any one of them. And uh, I, I think it's really surprising based upon the first three episodes because let's be honest other than that first fight there's not really much not like, a lot going for things. it yeah yeah no it's got a very interesting setting like it's very um what would you see like mesoamerican like yeah aztec incan empire kind of style but and it's I, largely I really like that yeah it's largely superficial though i mean i i just i, I read agatha christie's wikipedia page as the extent of the research i've done like she's a, she was always interested in archaeology so i thought maybe there was a connection there but i i think it's just kind of there for just for fun i'm telling you, you man know? that line i use is more hyperbole than anything else <laughs> like, oh well no yeah but I, I mean it's so true though yeah like, no i do and i think it i think it surprises you because literally like you know they introduced this and I, I actually saw somebody tweet this out a couple of days ago like somebody that didn't like it was like there's like oh it was such an interesting setting and it was so unusual to use mesoamerican stuff and yeah. and then they just like spend the whole time in like a pyramid well yeah that's i'm, I'm wondering if they're because do you think they're gonna go for a second season i couldn't really tell you've looked at the light novels i'm gonna so. say no uh, yeah. i think they were prepared for a second season but judging by this did not do well in japan yeah probably not gonna happen it, did really poorly actually mm-hmm. and so pretty it's pretty assured that they're not going to do that unless there's like really good blu-ray sales or something along those lines it's a little too early to say honestly but uh judging by the base reaction and the fact that <laughs> i will say this there's been a lot of like little groups that have popped up be like review this show review this show and they're trying to go after like famous reviewers on like uh, youtube and stuff to try to get them to review the show to get hype up people about it. people that aren't us you know yeah <laughs> well you know well i mean i'm actually i would like to see the second season i don't like how it ends though i don't like i wish it just had an ending like i wish it just like ended there and like yeah. made like allusions to them going on to actually save it like mm-hmm. i don't like it sets up another mystery yeah uh, because it just feels so contrived <laughs> it feels so contrived it's pretty cute yeah the girl shows up like with the, the cow other... thing god like I, that's in why the, that's like, in the original why? i mean that's yeah, in no, the, it's there the... like you can go and see it she's like she's drawn that way in yeah. the original though i will say the art and the light novels is actually exceptional yeah the cover looked pretty cool the cover yeah, has they... uh flemmy in it with um she's like yeah her her portrait is it's really impressionistic with like like a bunch of flowers kind of Merges yeah, into which, a which is interesting because I, I feel like if I had actually read the light novel and seen those shots before, I would have been really bugged by like the art style. Oh yeah, which happened to me because like one an, one uh, and I, I'll admit to this, like Jitsu Wa or actually I am was a was a manga that I actually read on a regular basis, and they adapted it this season, and the art style just gave me like just like made me uncomfortable is it just completely different or no it's not even different it's just like this kind of like bubble i don't know how to describe it honestly like it's outside of my range of like anime knowledge to understand what they did but it just like feels like bubble gummy almost like like i don't know how to like it's just like not gummy like not as in the motion itself as movement but it just like feels see now i'm just thinking of there's actually an anime called bubble gum squadron and that's what i know (laughs) i know it's just like all you can think about (laughs) Oh man. Uh but the I need to stop saying that. Um but the uh yeah, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but the point is is that um 
like the art style and adaptation. I feel like if I'd seen those arts and like, and I feel like, you know, for instance, like Flemmy always has that weird ass flower on her hat and yeah. her horn in there. But I feel like if I'd seen that, I was like, you know, really the only image of her is just an artistic, ex, you know, representation of her and some flowers. So like, why the heck did they make this like weird head? I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, I still think the art style was good. It was heavy digital is the one thing I would say. You talking Outside, about the CGI fiends monsters? Yeah. Or, yeah. That re- those really bugged me actually. Like, uh, it actually is why I dropped it initially is mm-hmm. because it had that one good fight scene with them in the Aztec temple. And that was like the whole premise of the season, but it only really happens in one place. Like literally we only see an Aztec city once. Yeah. And then we only see that one fight scene. And that's like the whole basis of like all that other stuff, because then they just leave the city and are in forests and right. fight like really and then, terrible. And then there's a flashback things. to a village where the protagonist grew up who's just, that just has nothing to do with, except maybe the, the costumes just well, like, it's they don't just actually, go into the village it's yeah. always on the outskirts and yeah. him like and, and then he's in within he's when it's burned down so mm-hmm. it's really really hardcore just window dressing i was wondering about industry. that cg with the fiends like trying to justify it like maybe they they took away budget there so they could make that first fight scene really cool and the rest of it like well the first fight scene has cg elements especially yeah. when he like throws out the darts but like mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason, it's just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not doubting that they didn't put like a way, a ton more money into that scene than anything else. Like yeah. they, they did. Well, There's the one no with uh, Adeletto, uh, Adelette versus um, Hans, the cat guy is pretty, pretty good too, right? Oh yeah. No. And, and even the following, I mean, with, uh, oh, what is it? Um, what's the, the swamp girl? Um, Chamo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When even when she's going, like she does kind of the fiend thing, uh-huh. and Mara has some heavy. Um, when she does her mountain thing, they're heavy CG stuff. But yeah. I don't think they're bad fight scenes. And Nashatenya has all the has the things. But I think it's really good use. Like when they're fighting one on one against humans, like there's a much more interesting thing going on. Mm-hmm. The powers are interesting. Like the power, it's interesting because like it's. It, I'm not like butting up on CG. I don't dislike CG. Like I love UFO Table, and there. I mean, but that's an amazing budgetary works of like you know they obviously never had that kind of budget to do anything along those lines but like i like the use of the cg in those situations especially like looking at the powers or that it's just like when they, when it's very nondescript fiends and really like i was like you know i i can understand that those are cool character designs but they're ty- they're entirely cg whereas like with the characters we always get this mix like and, you know even more i was like you know she's so she, she's still an animated character in the middle of all this cg mess and yeah. like, i still respect that and it's more just like when dressing to mm-hmm. the excellent animation as opposed to like you know bleh, i think fiends yeah I, I can't they have like <laughs> this they have like a weird weight issue they don't seem like weighty in terms of the combat yeah like he's like you know it's like you know gordoff is like throwing them around like chumps and i'm just like yeah i don't i don't, I don't yeah it's gold gold off yeah he swings around that huge ass sword like nothing like, why am like, I getting them wrong? Because I just watched this like, I just what? watched all of this like the other day, and like, <laughs> sorry. Anyways, um, I think um, I think Flemmy's probably looked um, the best her powers out of all of them. Oh, with like the the magic the bullets. Yeah, making the the gunpowder. Yeah. Well, I thought I thought it was a really weird mix of abilities and i think the interesting use it's the saints is like an interesting mix and i thought i like the concept of the universe itself i mean i mean the the main premise is 
essentially what made me drop it because it was so boring in nature. Yeah. But they're flipping the fairy tale is the idea. And that's the, and once you realize that concept, like, you know, it kind of like the whole boring aspect of it. And the fact that they never actually deal with the main point of the story that they, you know, they uh, prophesize in the first three episodes, it just mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And I think that's, I think that's why this one did so poorly for me is because like I dropped it. Like yeah. I dropped it after three episodes. If I had known anything else about it, I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. Like the information wasn't out there. And then they present three really like weird episodes and, th- right. and it's good in context. Cause if you go back and look at those three episodes, it provides you all the clues to solve the actual mis- mystery. Mm-hmm. So it's really important. But at the same time, like they don't, they don't like show anything in terms of uh, they don't show anything in terms of like what's actually going to happen. Yeah. There's no hints in those first three episodes that it's going to get flipped on its head. I mean, you even, you yourself have like a three episode rule, right? So I mean, you you would expect some sort of clue that they were going to do that. In the first I three do episodes. truly believe in that. If like if if something doesn't impress me, mm-hmm. like for three episodes, like I'm not gonna give it the time of day. Like I'm sorry, and I know that's wrong. And a lot of people say like you have to watch a full season to really judge it. Mm-hmm. But like you know, when there's so many so much stuff going on, like right now we're in the start of the new season, and like I have no time, and I'm like I'm like I, I look at other people's recommendations, and I was like if, if something bores me for three episodes at the start of the season, I am going to drop it. Mm-hmm. And I think that happened with a lot of people, and a lot of people didn't go back. And I think that's why it's done so poorly, even it, though it is a really good anime yeah it is worth it to check it out i think if nothing else for just how it messes with the expectations of its genre one the favorite thing for me still is that they just even changed the opening theme like they kept the same opening animation for the most part but changed um the very beginnings and ends of the opening animation and the song you know to make it more uh, like more of a character study immediately with like those uh those images of them like in the the, the six braves and the mist and everything like they're all mysterious and the I, like it's after the first three episodes i think they change it mm-hmm. when they show their crests mm-hmm. and everything which is when the anime yeah. goes from being like the action adventure to more of a character study and you know like you said none of the characters really change that much except flemmy flemmy is you know more more of a she is my favorite character well yeah I'm she's her, the focus and their relationship is like mm-hmm. the is the best part of any part of that yeah and and it's i think it's interesting too like they're the like the least suspected from like the characters view set like we exist from their outside view set because we approach we actually approach where they all get trapped together from their perspective from and, like, um that's from, from like, who's from... and like from Fleming and adlet like they get yeah. together and then they move into the thing i think and then from yeah. their perspective i think we kind of divert out from there so mm-hmm. like they're the most like untrusted but like they're definitely like the viewers characters mm-hmm. also like for instance adlet has like a great knowledge of science but he doesn't have knowledge of saints which you know makes Flemmy have to like explain the actual knowledge of the saints to the audience. Like he mm-hmm. is the audience. He's like the every man in some ways, but in some other ways it's like it's, he has more knowledge based around like modern knowledge as opposed to that. So yeah. it's, I mean, they're framing devices for the whole narrative, but it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting use of, of like time and, and the relationship. And I think that's why they're fleshed out and they mm-hmm. move forward. But then everyone else is still like a, everyone is fleshed out because it has to give them some level of motivation to justify or make them susceptible in terms of like the audience's eyes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. About that too. It's like, um, it, yeah, we, we eventually take Flemmy and Adelet as the viewers characters, like you said, but we start out with Adelet and the, the stereotypical naive princess as the, uh, as the viewers characters. So that, that kind of, that change happens around the same time that they, they switch on us the you know 
Yeah, and I think Nashitenya is a weird character, and it's funny too because like they... let's start with the bunny ears. Maybe we start with the bunny ears because yes, we may start that, with the bunny that ears. That was when you told me about this anime, and I watched your your review, and I just saw the bunny ears. That was the one thing where I was like, I gotta, I was like, you know, turned off of it a little bit, but then part of me was just like, I gotta <laughs> find out what the deal is with that, and then it's never explained except well that it's maybe. Explained in- it's explained in the in the in the light novel. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're just part of her helmet. Yeah, I mean, that's, apparently, that's kind I of mean, what I was thinking. I, but there's a whole other thing where she's like fused with a fiend, and I don't know if that's like part of her fiendish nature. But like, yeah. she takes it off like in the first episode, and like in the first episode, she doesn't have the ears in there. Uh-huh. You know, when she goes down and she's like acting like a maid and all that jazz. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I I really like it because they use, that that conversation was so cleverly done. If you go back and watch it, you'll watch Mm -hmm. it and you'll realize, like, they're putting hints in here as to her actual character nature while just, like, disguising it as a sort of, I guess, um, like, they're really disguising it as, like, a, like, a main best girl kind of speech, and they use it, and it's really interesting how they, how they, how he perverts tropes. I mean, it gave him away in the end, but at the same time, he's using the trope to hide the villain, and, and they do that, and they, and mm-hmm. I love how they don't make her, like, manipulate, I mean, they do in the end a little bit, they make mm-hmm. her manipulative. Well, like, you talk about that first conversation when she's pretending to be the maid, and he's captured, yeah. And she just comes off as really, um, you know, flighty. And um... I disagree. I think she comes off as intelligent there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, not... she does that. Well, later. no, maybe that's not the best word for it. But, like, um, what what we later see is her Mercurial. not being manipulative, Mercurial. but being, like, uh, able to control her impression of him. Yeah. 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 It, Which, is... And she even says it in that conversation. She's like, you're really stupid, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> and she great, says that yeah. at the end as well. And it's it's mm-hmm. like it's like you were being yourself and then you shifted the character as it went through. And um, I've read some interesting uh, like deconstructions of like the uh, the shot selection in the movie to suggest like each of the characters is paired up. And each mm-hmm. of each of them in a sort of way, and they're paired up and like shown together in that like sort of like function, like Adlet and um, Adlet and uh, Flamey and like Gold Goldoff and uh, oh, what's her name? Damn it, Hans and Mara, and they're like paired up in certain ways. And Ashitanya just ha- doesn't have any natural opposite. Are you saying people are analyzing the way this anime, like the shot composition, says yeah. something? People are yeah. analyzing this that much? My God. I, well, I, I don't necessarily buy the reading. Um, yeah. I do think that there's general framing devices. For instance, like we always get Adlet in like a mainstay, like single straight on shot. Yeah. And then Goldolf is always shot from low angles, which is contradictory to like some of the other characters who are always shot from high That's angles. why I suspected him. No, yeah, yeah no, just... it's definitely, <laughs> I think it's more, I think like, I think it's more complicated than that. I think in the anime shifts, depending on like the scene Mm -hmm. so for me i like i don't read any major thing that's going all the way through i don't think that they were actually like highlighting who was like the main villain at the beginning of the thing i think they really they use that to kind of show who they want you to suspect at the time and him looking down and i do think i did suspect Goldoff until like like his conversations with Nashatenya was happening and i was like it doesn't make sense it doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense so who did you suspect i'm curious who did you suspect um well i i got on the phone with you like three episodes before the end and i think i said that i felt like i was supposed to suspect mara or goldov just because i don't know i didn't feel like we ever got that much information about him but you know he was just kind of simple but it turns out he was just kind of simple 
but I oh, I even said like it would be cool if it was Nasha Tanya just because you're not supposed she's the least likely or you know it would be really twisted and uh, is, she, is yeah. she really the least likely though see like yeah. I think the information is there they just present it as the least likely because mm-hmm. it's actually the information of the character that you have like the most time with theoretically like from you, you, the audience's characters at like we know he didn't do it because like, yeah. we see him the whole time there and we, we know see him get the crest we see yeah him we, get the crest, we see the so. actual interaction that yeah. leads to him being accused yeah i mean unless they like i mean they it could have been adlet technically or like had done something really weird like that but the, honestly, unreliable narrator but that would be like uh, that's a really shitty twist i'm yeah. sorry mm-hmm. like it's it's much more and you know the mystery is much more interesting when it doesn't do like a full like you know here's your universe you were wrong about it from the whole time i was like yeah then i don't trust anything you know yeah. and then the narrative isn't powerful it's powerful because the fact facts are there um and i think that's the best part about nashitania is like the facts were there like mm-hmm. the things like the things that came across as like subtle jokes in the first episode really there's like her actually feeling out adlet and figuring it out and the audience has the most screen time and probably feels comfortable with her but then you notice that like halfway through the anime she just totally disappears into the background of everything and then doesn't come back until she goes crazy at the end you're like why is she going crazy like what's yeah. going on here and that was like yeah. uncomfortable and then you're kind of it dawned on me it dawned on me before she essentially went a little bit crazy and i think again it's like the whole romance with flamey i was just there and i was like there is no way that they're doing this and gonna allow like nashatenya to continue being like a major character like yeah no way well let's let's talk about as long as people are analyzing the shot compositions i feel like i can get away with doing a feminist reading so let's talk about let's talk about that trope of what character you call their best girl um what what exactly is that trope okay so that uh, uh, that is actually a reference to a line that flamey says and it's a it's actually a really good line and i like it um after nashitani is discovered and adelaide wakes up and goes out to meet finney flamey she like sticks her head up and she goes i'm sorry your best girl was yeah, the villain and right. i'm just like and it's really funny because like it's almost like because she is the main heroine of the series mm-hmm. and it's definitely the author winking at the winking at the crowd going like oh you were shipping Adlet and Nashitenya you're an idiot right and I think he's also making a comment like you know Flamian and Adlet's relationship is the best and you know I didn't write in a, a, like a relationship between Nashitenya and Adlet even though you were really just like you really want her not to be the villain because she's not going to be in the second season and to like have a lot of more fan service you know since her crest is like in the middle of her tits uh-huh yeah yeah which is she I mean she was she was like she was a little bit of fan service and more so than flamey just mm-hmm. i don't know why more so than flamey i mean flamey is wearing like a almost like a like a what kind of bra it's like a strap i don't even know what that it's is. just a strap yeah it's <laughs> not really clothing i don't really think we can i think we can legally say she is naked that's mm-hmm. essentially well, i don't yeah. know if you mm-hmm. want to like weigh in on that but what i'm curious about your feminist reading well yeah if comparing i was to describe the trope i would suggest that um she presents herself as the main heroine of the piece and then fades into the background only to be more of a side villain to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is, is that you, the trope itself is like you're reading her as having main characteristics. It sets her up as the main romantic interest mm-hmm. and then doesn't follow through on those tropes It follows through on them enough to keep it in the game, but then lets it go. So it subverts uh, the main romantic partner interests. Yeah. And uh, again, kind of does the side buddy cop thing with you know flamey hates him then goes the full tsundere route which is interesting enough but with uh flamey because she is essentially a tsundere yeah and that she uh and that she says she hates him or that she yeah but you know 
it's more honest about it. She's like, mm-hmm. I hate you, but it makes me love you because you make mm-hmm. me love life. And I don't know. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. One. <laughs> right, right. But I am curious about how you think it's a feminist reading. Like, what what do you interpret that as? Well, for me, the trope that it's messing with is less that she's a main character, and well, yeah, it, part of it's the love interest, but it's even less that than just helpless, naive, innocent princess who doesn't because who doesn't know very much about the world and the other characters perceive her that way and continue to like, that's her cover essentially is that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny even too, because she, she has to tell Goldov to her, um, you know, her protector that he doesn't need to protect her too. in the early episodes, I think that was even maybe the second one when they get into Mm -hmm. battle Mm -hmm. and he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do it all for you. I'm going to make sure you're safe. She's like, well, no, I can, I can fight too. It's all right. But um, yeah, which is again, um, it's, you know, it's the double meaning her whole character through the whole thing has a double meaning. Like in the earlier bits, it just kind of presents her as essentially like uh, it presents her in a manner to suggest that um, she's really just not she's not confident in her abilities and she wants to be proven as part of the team, even though she's not totally confident in them. Mm-hmm. And so like it has that thing like, oh, she's just not aware of the world and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which actually I think she isn't aware of the world because I think they play that out. It's like the concept of 500,000 lives means nothing yeah. to her essentially. Yeah. So it's just her unawareness of the world and like her royalty aspect doesn't mean it makes it impersonal. And she's like, we can make everyone happy just like sacrificing 500,000. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. So for me, like I do think that naivete is both, unreal and true at the same time like she's definitely controlling she controls the individuals around her and she plays with them like puppet pieces but it proves to be less you know naive princess and more um jesus like just evil (laughs) yeah so but but like from a feminist perspective why do you give it a feminist reading do you think it's like a a, a negative stereotype to do that to a feminist? no i'm i'm um i'm giving him the credit that um someone approaching this with a a feminist reading could really like it and that she uses um perceptions of feminine femininity that are outdated as her cover and that if you're stupid enough to believe them that she could be that innocent naive of a princess then that that's that's your fault (laughs) I uh, see. I don't want to give him that much credit. Like, I want to agree with you. To no, I, I don't necessarily think he, you know, did it intentionally or that that, you know, was a true a true motive of his. But oh, I no, think it's you, not could, about, you could bring it's that. It's not about to giving it, him so. credit. It's more about like because he wrapped up her actual motivation in true naivete. Mm-hmm. And or I, maybe it's just like emotional like distance in terms of like her social status position. Yeah. So maybe it has less to do with her sex and more to do with her position in society. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe it still does apply in that way. But at the same time, I do think that it's kind of um, it's it's hard for me to jump on that considering like it's just the naive unrealization of like what the value of five hundred thousand lives are essentially. That's a good point. Though she could get philosophical with it, but I think that's the point. It's like ivory. I mean, the whole point is like she's making an ivory tower argument, and I think the concept of the ivory tower is exactly what her character's all about. Ivory, ivory tower argument. Yeah, well, she's in an ivory. Well, no, I mean, she's not actually an academic, but she's in an ivory tower. Uh-huh. She lives in in like a in a palace and is like removed from the actual situation that the demons cause. And right. The horror of what they do, which Adlet is not, and Flamey is not. Yeah. So I do think it comes down strong in terms of like social classism in terms of like, yeah, if you were an ancient ruler, you were probably an asshole. 
that's a good point. But what do you think, what do you think, um, in terms of like this being a mystery? And I think this is what, what continues to make me like this piece is, you know, how it presents itself as a mystery and how that's unusual for anime to have a good mystery. Do you think it hurts? Cause for me, like, you know, I'll, I see a lot of tropes and I, I watch tons of stuff like that, you know, utilize tropes to get past the initial episode. But like, I think it was genius in that it used it, it's perfect anime mystery because it uses the existing anime tropes to build the mystery and then subverts them mm-hmm. to like create a better mystery that actually when I could follow and like do it and it gives it, a, I mean, unfortunately it gives it, it uses the anime tropes to give it itself away before it actually gives itself away on the clues because it adds, it adds a cup. It flies in a couple things right there at the end. Not things that you couldn't necessarily suspect, but like the giant fiend and you don't see that scene. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's it's not necessarily totally one-to-one. Also, assuming like, you know, the assumption that like, the for instance, the sun saint could warm an entire area and kind of the mechanics of that kind of come out of left field. So I'm not calling it a perfect mystery, but they do definitely show the scene where Nashatenia goes crazy up there, slicing up the ruins, and it seems to have no purpose. Yeah. Yeah, whenever I she mean, uh, whenever she breaks the tablet, you mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, it was to me, um, like I remember seeing that and wondering. And they also they even show it in slow motion, specifically when she grabs the sword. Mm-hmm. So like, they it, it's really funny. They 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 staccato like three events at you, and that's like the, how they hide it. They have Adlet cut himself. Gordov used the sword and then Nashatenia steps up and does all the slicing and goes a little crazy and almost cuts the two other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point because I do remember not, you know, thinking it odd or that it was giving anything away at the time I saw it. But yeah, no, I you, you could tell there was there's something there. There was a little moment and it, there's it's like an itch in the back of your head. It's like, oh, the tablet's broken. That that could be significant, but then it totally goes away because it's so expertly crafted that you just forget about it. Mm. No, I think that is the key to this thing, and I think that's why I do want to give people. I I don't want to necessarily argue the point, but I do think you can get into the show's shot composition. I think it's a well crafted mystery because mm-hmm. I think it presents its facts cleverly, and I think that's actually what hurt it. I think that is what's <laughs> if this yeah. anime is not going to go anywhere is because it's so careful about how it presents the facts in the first episode. It specific it it doesn't it doesn't signpost the rest of the series on purpose it mm-hmm. does that on purpose right. and that's why you don't know what the fuck the anime is about before mm-hmm. you're like five episodes in you're like oh are they just because you, you're assuming like, maybe this will be like a three episode little arc where they're in there and like no it's the rest of the series because i remember doing that i was like are they just gonna be in here the rest of the like the series because we're like at episode seven and i was like i don't think they're gonna get out before like and go to the demon lord before like this is over and then like i'm episode 10 i was like no that's just not happening <laughs> it was just like i mean i knew probably episode seven but like I hadn't done research on the series. So like, it, it's weird. It's like a weird experience. If you don't know what's going on or have anyone to tell mm-hmm. you, like you're just kind of there and you're like, are they going to stay here the whole time? Is this just like the story? And I think the thing is like, you know, expectations, like they're subverting your expectations, but it hurts it. And that, um, you know, there's this other story that like the thing teases over here and they're not going to get there. And that's the point is they're cutting it off. And I think mm-hmm. it's a good use of, well, that's like, the it's a good narrative tool, but what, what do you think? That's that's the risk, I think, anytime you try to subvert expectations, especially play with genre, you know? Like, you can make a lot of examples. The only thing that comes to my head at the moment is, like, um, uh, it's not the best example, but did you ever see Galaxy Quest? 
Oh yeah. (laughs) That is a good movie. And no one saw it because they thought it was just a stupid parody, but it actually plays with the the sci-fi genre a lot. You know, have you ever seen those trailers? They're really bad trailers. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's part of the, you know, I mean, let's not even get into how badly trailers market movies in the U S but yeah. Okay. I'm a fan of certain kinds of trailers and, and I'll hold up certain things and, you know, I love certain kinds of trailers. I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you that there's a lot of bad trailers out there, but like, I think comedies are difficult. Mm -hmm. Comedies and mysteries are insanely difficult because how do you market that feeling you get when you're deep in a narrative trying to figure it out? Yeah. A mystery is something you get into. Yeah. You get into it and you get consumed by it and then you move on with it. You can't pitch that in two minutes. Mm-hmm. And really, this is one of those things that just has to happen by word of mouth because it's not going to happen any other way. And right. It's just not going to happen. Especially for an unknown <laughs> like that. Like, I'm going to go see... Uh, what's what's Guillermo del Toro's thing he's got coming out this month? I can't remember what it's called. Oh, he's got a, what is it? He's got a um, mystery thriller coming out. Though I've been... Is he directing or did he... Uh, I think he, he, he just... I think he directed it. Uh, I think he directed it. That could be. Wrong, I've been but, I've been hardcore yeah. burned by some of the things he's produced. As oh opposed yeah, to, like direct. Yeah, because he's the, he's done some little projects where he's like produced some stuff. It's like Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino will produce anything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did, where was that movie? Uh, the Man with the Iron Fist. God, with Reza. <laughs> oh my God, that movie. That I, I really wanted to see it, and I took a bunch of friends to it, and I like lost movie picking rights for like <laughs> the rest of my time at college because they were just like no you remember the man with the iron fist we sat through that you made us sit through that <laughs> lucy lou like having a little fan thing like throwing it around plot all over the place what the hell jack you don't get anything <laughs> none for you and i'm just like Ugh. also we should probably just say our real names sorry i keep doing that it's i keep right. just saying it might just he's be trevor easier, yeah. and i am jack so no, not not our real me. last names jack i didn't say our real last names. Oh, i thought you said mine i didn't hear you i said i said uh, trevor and jack there you go there we go that's it Sinna and gladfly respectively so there you mm-hmm. go uh but i think i think roca is gonna be there's not much to say about it other than like it's something you should go watch. I, I mean, it's a competent mystery. And I was trying to think the other day, and I think this is why I recommend it is because like let's think about other anime mysteries, and really the best one I can come up with in my head is actually like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Um, oh yeah. Well, I mean, I it's I been a while since end- I watched it. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not, I mean, it's not actually a mystery, but like the, in terms of like something, I'm sure, I'm sure that we're just straight wrong because I'm sure there's going to be some detective stories. Hey, don't let me into this. I don't know what you're talking about yet. (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying like, I'm sure there's better anime mysteries out there and like there's good, I mean. Well, Ghost in the Shell has some mystery elements that are really great, but the thing with that is you're not given all the information. Like, oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. This, that's so, you know. you're, you're not expected to understand the universe. So when the reveal, so I mean, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not actually criticizing Ghost in the Shell because it's like the rock and stone upon which my anime world is based. Yeah. But the point is, is like when you when it, when they pop mysteries in your face, it's based more upon like this is a thing you didn't know could happen in this universe type mm-hmm. of thing, yeah. or, or like this is the thing where this character was capable. And you're like, oh yeah, cool. I 
I wouldn't have got that, but cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it still happens that way. You still enjoy the series, but it's not on the, it's, it's an action series. It's not under the expectation that you could have figured out who was the criminal. <laughs> right. Because right. they figured it out using cyber methods and you're just like, no, no, that's not something. Whereas this one does present the facts. And I think that's another thing is like, for instance, FMA presents the facts and it, and more, and I'm talking more here about like plot reveals and figuring out who did what. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually give you the facts. It just presents a mystery, but I've never been so riveted as when I was actually figuring out like the mechanics of what was actually happening. And, and it's funny too. And maybe it's actually, maybe I'm actually painting it because I saw the first FMA series and didn't like the ending and then went back and saw brotherhood and was like, yeah, that ending fits that. That's exciting. Really like it. Like I like what's going on with that. And maybe that's just like, and I think this is actually incorrect as I, as I, as I speak it out aloud, I'm just like, cause I'm really just comparing like reveals and anime as opposed to like a true mystery. Cause I really can't think of anything that approaches something where it actually presents facts in such a manner as to give you the information ahead of time. And it does do some bullshit last minute reveals of information with the saints and the sun saint and the bean that ate her. So like it does do so a couple things to kind of confuse you along the ways, but it does give you the hints about Nashatenya, and that's the big thing is does it it at least tells you the main mystery of who the brave is. It doesn't necessarily show how she did it, but it gives you the information and subverts the tropes and points the finger without you necessarily knowing it until after the fact when you go like, oh, it's obvious. Of mm-hmm. course that's who it was, and because yeah. like once once it's done, you're like, yeah, it was never going to be anyone else. Yeah. But until it's that point, you truly, you truly don't know. You truly don't know. Like, you know, and I'm, I know that's not to say, like, I did suspect Nashitenya, but like, it wasn't until the final moment that I like knew it. Like, I could easily exactly. have seen it being Mora. Like, it's true. Like, you yeah. know, you're at the end, you're like, I mean, they could pull Mora or Goldoff or like anyone out of the fog right here, and I would believe it. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not even going to lie. I, for a little bit there at the end, I, I suspected like Adlet was, I mean, right before the last two episodes, I was like, you know, it could be Adlet and they could do something really <laughs> bullshitty right there. I mean, that'd be terrible, but they could do it. So, <laughs> yeah. just, I mean, it wouldn't be supported by the narrative at all or anything along those lines, but uh, you never know. People are terrible. <laughs> but I think that's why I think I support it is because it does give you, it gives you that, uh, that little bit. Mm-hmm. Any other readings about it? Uh, you know, the only other thing I can say for it, uh, that, that it has going for it is um, how consistently it used um, just the genre of a mystery and how much you suspect another person to actually build the relationship between Adelette and Fleming is actually just trusting another person. Um, yeah. And then in the end, you know, it, it turns out that, yeah, people are basically good. And he, he, he kind of gets that because Nashatanya turns out to be a demon. So people are well, good. Kind of, you know, like it doesn't. Uh, I, I don't want to simplify it that much. I took, but. I took it way more nihilistic than there was. Like they were gonna kill each other. Yeah, like that was gonna happen. That was yeah. a thing that was going to happen. Hans, like they attacked with the intent to kill that guy. Mara was just gonna murder him, and then, and then, and like even like even like the little one was like, I'm just gonna murder everyone <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. until I find the last person. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. I did like. Like that. I, I'm sorry. Like they're man, they're a group of monsters. Like and yeah. you know, like that's the thing is, I think it's established like that's why i would want to see a season two because like i was like as soon as they have doubt or there's an issue they're gonna fall on each other mm-hmm. like wolves like it's it's not even a question in my mind like they, they are <laughs> terrible people to some extent not adlet but like um i do think that like in like i love well, it's like adlet the one good person or like 
he's not necessarily a good person. I like his backstory because it does show that, you know, his smile is bullshit to some extent mm -hmm. because he has like essentially a full, you, you saw it, you know, the philosophy, like I did like that, like showing us like, you know what, this is a bullshit exterior, but it's, I'm using it to stay strong. Yeah. See, like, that's, that's why I think I'm surprised it didn't, well, I'm not surprised, but I wish it had done better in Japan because that, I don't know that I, you would think that would relate so much better to Japanese society than our society. I mean, I mean, it relates to both of them, but yeah. Well, I mean, and Flemmy and being kind of like, I think that might be a thing about like racism to some extent, like, you know, oh, yeah? breeding and maybe there's an element there. Like, do you accept them? Something along those lines. I think it's very, it's very liberal interpretation in terms of like its use of like, in terms of like how it suggests, like, you know, I think in terms of Japanese society, it's, it's got some stuff to say, but I, again, it doesn't come out and say it directly. So like, again, I think like we cannot attribute this much intelligence to this piece. Yeah. Like you, we can suggest that it is there, but I would not be comfortable being like, yeah, it's a uh, flamey. This character is a, it's a, it's looking at like, you know, mixed races in the cultural Japanese tradition and how they're not accepted. No, that's bullshit. Like, you know, Oh no. Yeah. I wouldn't, there, I wouldn't go you that can far. Read it, you can read into it, but, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't make, I would not be comfortable making the exact statement. Um, same thing with any kind of other political statements about the piece. I think, think it, I do think there's a bit in there talking about, essentially like um you know self-assured destruction by like everyone looking at each other i think mm -hmm. i think that is in like the air of like mystery and but i don't think it's like not from like a political standpoint but i do think from like i think they're making a comment about how close we are to like murdering each other mm -hmm. no i don't even know <laughs> that's the thing. that feels wrong and that's the thing is like it's subverting me because i think i feel like it's wrong you know it's subverting the f it's subverting i think the more the point that you need to look to is the fantasy fairy tale that it is um subverting a little bit and they talk about like you know the mc the main character is the strongest man in the world and everyone's looking at him like ridiculous because everyone else has like these insane powers and he just is like he does the typical mc thing where he's just like but i'm gonna figure this situation out with my super brain power and mm -hmm. i'm just like okay yeah <sighs> and eventually he does admit he's average in a way well i like that i like that bit yeah. and I, again I'm, I'm gonna hold up like that relationship with him and flamey was probably what made me truly like it yeah that bit right there was like the most real not real i mean i don't know what's real in this world but like <laughs> i thought it was a very enjoyable relationship that was fleshed out yeah as far as any like anime romantic relationship truly is fleshed out. Yeah. Like, like I think that one was believable and well put in there. And like the moment that I like felt something for that relationship and started shipping them, I was like, Holy crap. Like I did not like flamey from the word go. And I think that's what it is. Yeah. It puts so much information about her in there and makes it so believable that you'd actually say that, that it, and, and I like her reaction is like, you're just in it. Like, and especially when she starts sh after he says he loves her and she just starts shooting at him. Yeah. That is exactly what she does. And it doesn't, it doesn't take the easy route in that mm -hmm. relationship. It doesn't take the easy things like, Oh, I believe you. And I do that. And it's like, yeah. cause it subverts yeah. that it subverts that really excellently. And, and it just says, no, you're an asshole. We're have this climate of fear. I'm going to just shoot first and ask questions later. Right. And then right. she actually buys into it through like actual good usage. And like, I mean, she does eventually buy into it, but like they at least subvert the initial mm -hmm. response. And I, yeah. I believe that I believe yeah. that. Oh, uh, so well, are we saying 
like I'm just trying to move us toward a final word on this. Are we no, like exactly? And that's the thing yeah. is I don't have one. Well, <laughs> so are, it's I mean, really a problem. Can we can we say that the series failed partly because it was subversive? If it subverted no, expectations, I, or because it didn't handle those expectations I mean, like, well enough, like it could have done, think, it could have done this if it was if it was more transparent about it, or more upfront about it in the first three episodes, it could have been more successful. Or do you think it was just like a bunch of different things, and there, there's no reason, no rhyme or reason in us trying to find, you know, say why it didn't succeed that well in Japan? Well, I think for me at least, the, the I'm going to be really depressing here. Uh, the reason it is good is also the reason that it failed. Um, they go hand in hand, and it's also the reason that we're not going to see anime like this. Uh, see, that's subversive. what I was trying to get you to say. <laughs> I knew exactly what you wanted me to say, and I'll say it. I'll be the annoying little guy who's just depressed about the state of the industry and everything else. Whatever. If you want me to say it, I'll say it. <laughs> the point is, is that um, unfortunately... Uh, it doesn't do well because it subverts the genre types and you don't have as much of a broad mass market appeal, which is and even I'm guilty of this because like I want a show like Monster Musume this season. I uh-huh. want a harem show and I haven't found it yet and I'm going to keep searching for it. And that's the thing is like I'm realizing I as a person am doing that and it just it just drives me nuts because I was like, you know, I drop Roka and I drop another show like it. And I know that I know I would. And it just makes me realize like sometimes like like things are not fair. But unfortunately, the reason that we have so much a buildup of like genres and, and arcs and types and that's how it essentially works so hardcore in anime is because it makes them presentable. Like I jump into a series with a bunch of like archetypes and I know what the characters are. Mm-hmm. I know those characters. I know who they are. I know what's going to do. It's not going to necessarily subvert them it makes it easier to jump into the middle of a series and just move on with the plot as opposed to building up characters and really developing them which is what roka takes the time to do and also what destroys its mm-hmm. marketability in the short term by presenting all that build up to the actual piece and then mm-hmm. like not subverting everything that your expectation is and it's, i mean it's a great thing but it's also, I feel why like we won't see more roka and why we won't see won't see more anime like it well i feel like we could have a whole different discussion maybe next time on genre and anime because i think two of maybe some of the best anime that that got us into this in the first place like ghost in the shell you know uh, i would have trouble classifying and saying as a genre piece versus maybe cowboy bebop you know two of the strongest longest running anime on you know the toonami hour on adult swim bebop is style over substance and totally a genre piece whereas ghost in the shell is well, I, I you see. I don't want to make a dichotomy just between those two, but I don't know. I I'd be interested to have a discussion just about that, maybe eventually. Well, something to think well, about. Well, I mean, uh, let me say this here: like, how many? I mean, I'm sure there are some. Like, I don't doubt that there are. But how many copycats of those style of shows do we have? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how many harem show copycats do we have? It's like a subcontained genre that I can open up and it's different characters, but they're all the same characters really. And I think that mm-hmm. that marketability and ease of access is just insane to some extent. Um, and that's why we got a million of those shows. But like, you know, outside of like the actual established Ghost in the Shell franchise, um, how many shows do you actually just like pick up? Like things are always going to focus on word of mouth. Um, and that's the thing is like, you know, don't think like, I know it sounds like we just like masturbated all over Roku no Yusha for like the past half hour. But like the point is, is like, I don't think it's as good as a psychopath. I don't think it's as good as a ghost in the shell. I don't think it's as good as a cowboy bebop. I don't think it's as good as any of those shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does a very interesting thing, but it doesn't 
it's not completely interesting in its own right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It subverts the existing things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't touch on the Mesoamerican af- like, you know, affectations. It doesn't have a broad stretch of thing. It has a core mystery that it plays over 12 episodes, and there's very little of it. And that's the thing is there's very little of the show, and it doesn't go very many places. Um, and there's still also some problems. There's some there's some there's a little bit of etchy problems and some other things, and, like, it just feels out of place. And, you know, there's also, like, they do fly some bullshit in at the end. Like, there's all there's a ton of problems in there. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good show because it's a bad show because it is a good show it's just it's not a groundbreaking show like psychopaths it's not something that's going to garner like everyone's like you gotta see this this is attack on titan this is gonna be amazing like Mm -hmm. it doesn't get on netflix and then like my tertiary friends that don't bother with anime that isn't like way 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 mainstream anime won't see it and thus it's not going to get that build up it's not going to be important it's going to be forgotten and then it's not going to be attempted again if anime tries something different, it unfortunately has to be almost like perfect in its delivery of it. That's a or good thought to end on, on ex- I think. Yeah, or be building on an existing genre like you know Psychopath Two because not perfect. Yeah. Well, on that note, let's let's go watch more Psychopath Two because we really need to finish that. Yeah, we're, we're gonna to finish Psychopath Two and we'll talk about it eventually, like way after the season. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, for unhelpful media, my, I have been Jack, I guess masquerading as gladfly and my lovely lovely co-host cinna masquerading as trevor oh god damn it <laughs> oh did, did you want that the other way around i just i don't give a it. shit i don't, Wait, I don't, I don't, I don't think we've established which way or the other at this point so. as long as they know you're trevor and i'm jack i don't i don't care yeah <laughs> anyways last thing um go check out roku no you should i believe it's on Crunchyroll um and take a look at it and shoot it i mean if i hope hopefully you've already watched it if you've listened to this podcast um but otherwise uh i hope you guys will send us some comments tell us what you think and we'll start a conversation on twitter and we'll see what people think so we can get some good word um good word going on this anime maybe uh get some people to review it maybe you know who knows we might get some more information about it or maybe even second season but you know again i'm gonna be more depressing about that but please do call us do let us know do talk to us we're on social media go check us out and give us some questions so that we can have a question you know section to the show theoretically you know maybe you know if we actually do one another month in another month all right that's all guys <laughs>